This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. To ask ourselves, though, Martha, why are we here? And I think we have to be honest with ourselves. America has a president who is not a defense hawk. America has a president whose administration is, frankly, more interested in discussing whether a man can breastfeed than it is in talking about national security. That is accurate. That is funny. And that is a very powerful statement from Senator John Kennedy, the Republican from from Louisiana, we have a president who is not a defense hawk. Yes, he's more interested in rainbows and unicorns, and here's why it matters, because uh, it puts you in danger. That's frightening. By the way, Kennedy also saying this. America has a president who's a bit of a weenie. But there's context there. <laughs> wow. I, don't know, I don't know what kind of context we can add to this, John, but there is some context. context. It's and all about the matter. context. <laughs> and does it matter? Like, it makes sense with context, makes sense without context. want to get into that here in a couple of uh, minutes. And uh, so, President Overseas right now landing in Israel this morning. And uh, if you ever watch the show, yeah, and you should go and watch our show. A couple of ways that you can find us on video. On the Wake Up in Missouri Facebook page or the Wake Up in Missouri YouTube channel. You see, a lot of times, Stephanie Bell and I are here in the studio. Whenever we know him, the president, he's on a worldwide stage this morning. You will see us sitting in here like this. Fingers crossed. That's not usually the finger I see <laughs> in the air when I tune in. We got one of these and one of these for yeah. you. Uh, I just, I don't know how it's helpful that he's over there right now. I mean, I get it that it's a show of support, but he's already come out with a strong statement. I guess his trip's already been rerouted due to the hospital bombing. Um, and it just, it just, it's so tense right now. It makes me more tense that he is now over there. I had somebody text me the other night saying, are you watching 60 Minutes? And I said, no. And she says, uh, Joe Biden is on 60 Minutes. And yeah, she says, it's nervous for me to try to listen to the guy. And that just, it's nervous to try to listen to what this guy is saying. The guy who's president of the United States. And here's, and I agree with you, like. Scott Pelly handled him with just the ultimate kid gloves. Yeah, he was uh, very childlike with him. As a matter of fact, then he said later, uh, he was talking, I think, to Fox News Digital, and he said, yeah, the president, Scott Pelley, saying this after he sat down with the president for about an hour in that interview. He's like, yeah, the president, he's just, he's tired. Um, he's really tired. But here's why I think he's over there. Americans love a wartime president. Wartime president, typically, they do well in the general public, even when you're probably one of the most unpopular presidents in american history and understand joe biden isn't unpop he's not unpopular because people don't like him he is unpopular because he is dangerous because he has screwed the economy he screwed your bank account he has screwed all that stuff he those are that's why he's unpopular he's not unpopular because he's got an interesting southern drawl or he falls down and and eats ice cream and falls off of bikes and stuff that's not why he is unpopular he is unpopular because grows peanuts <laughs> right and grows peanuts He's unpopular because he's a very poor president. Well, and you're right, Brandon. I think Americans do love a wartime president. I've been watching really closely at how the 2024 Republican candidates are shaping up, and it is kind of, uh, you're seeing a little bit of differences. And I know um, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis have really been going uh, after each other as far as, you know, whether or not the United States should take refugees from Gaza. And I think Nikki Haley originally said, well, some of them don't really like Hamas, so they could, should come in, and others of them, you know, do, and we should keep those folks out. And, and DeSantis is like, absolutely not. None, you know, we will take none, you know, all of this. And so I really do think it's helping people look at that field. And, you know, 
Trump aside, you know, and I really do think, uh, you know, I've been skeptical about DeSantis, but hearing him talk about how he would react and what he would do really has changed my mind a little bit about him. I I think, yeah, I think he's been really strong um, in the last week, and I really um, have appreciated some of his comments um, and and in talking about, you know, his results in Florida and how he would have handled this conflict. So, Uh, And polling, real clear politics is starting to show Nikki Haley, at least past couple of polls, is starting to poll in double-digit numbers. Well, and we talk a lot about how the U.S. looks on a global front because our president, you know, has a lot of blooper reels and falls over and things like that. Uh, we have a friend in town from Australia. Wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, and I asked him one of his first days here. I said, uh, does it look as bad in other countries as we think it does? And he told me that he doesn't really keep up with other countries' politics, but they definitely still get to see the blooper reels, and they are also laughing at Joe Biden over in Australia. Fortunately, mate, we're kind of chummy with Australia. But you think about all the other countries that are seeing the same thing from Hannah's friend from Australia, those countries that want to do us harm, they're seeing that too. And to Hannah's point... Put yourself in the shoes of our enemies, Russia and Iran and China. What do they see? They see an America whose president cut and run from Afghanistan. Our enemies see an America whose president refuses to give Ukraine the weapons it needs to win. Our enemies see an America uh, whose president refuses to enforce the sanctions on Iranian oil and indeed has tried to give the Iranians $10 billion. I could continue, but the point is our enemies have included that America has a president who's a bit of a weenie on national defense and she and Putin and the Ayatollah think they can roll over him like thunder on a summer night. The leaders of those countries that want to do you and your kids and your grandbabies harm here on American soil, they think our president is a weenie. Stephanie and I have been saying this since January of 2021. And don't forget, though, I mean, some of this blame has to go on Congress, too, because America, all of these things, but also an America who can't elect a speaker. What? What? We're on, like, day 15, day 16. I mean, that isn't helping this problem to have a weak executive and then have a Congress that's just in chaos. And there's a you know possibility, theoretically, that uh, Hakeem Jeffries could be elected speaker. I mean, at one point he was leading yesterday, but you know, to you guys' points, the uh, you're right about presidents that generally go overseas. Although the United States hasn't declared a war since the Korean War, um, so there is a you're right. It's you could say wartime enough, but there's right, there's not, no, there's no war. declared war, and I understand that. But a President Biden going and something that America is pretty I united it's about right now. It's a just in case. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's been a long time now. Korea and World War One and World War Two. But generally speaking, traditionally, and this has changed probably, Brandon, in the last, I'd say, well, certainly with Trump, it, it happened. Um, I don't remember it happening as much before. Generally, when presidents go overseas, um, they don't get criticized too much. But I, I kind of think that's out the window now. Yeah. I, well, I, I think he's going his campaign thing. Uh, he knows he's falling in the polls. He knows his own party is going, hey, man, we got to pick somebody else despite pretty substantial fundraising that says otherwise. Um, so he's got people in his own party saying it's got to be somebody other than Joe. He sees his falling poll numbers. 
and Americans love, I think, a wartime president, even if it's not our war. And this is something the majority of Americans, with the exception of some people in his party, Cory Bush, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and the White House has called them out. But people in his own party are, are supporting the bad guys in this. And to me, that's why the, uh, the president is uh, going. Former rep. Trey Gowdy on the House Speaker race. But what they're doing in the room right now is, is really, they're trying couples counseling for people who want to kill each other. That was on Fox yesterday. Uh, the former congressman, South Carolina, who's in town this weekend for the big homecoming. Stephanie Bell and I, by the way, very excited to have been asked again to uh, to MC one of America's first biggest uh, homecoming parades. We don't say it to brag. We say it so that you come by and say hello. Typically, we're set up right there at City Hall, but the congressman there from South Carolina, Trey Gowdy. And we'll put, there's more context to this. We'll do it at 6.35 when Congressman Mark Alford is joining us on the show. So here's kind of a breakdown of what happened yesterday in the House on the Speaker vote. Nothing. Um, yeah. Gosh. Hey, fact check on Brian. Korean War wasn't wasn't ever a declared war. It was technically a police action. Congress never declared war on North Korea or the communist Chinese. Thank you, Mr. Marsh. Uh, so, uh, so Jim Jordan, who, by the way, was uh, he was endorsed by de facto Speaker of the House, Sean Hannity. Uh, the other de facto Speaker of the House, Trump, endorsed Jim Jordan. One of our listeners, Gary, says that's a kiss of death to get an endorsement from Trump. I don't know if that's always true, although Nancy Mace is a good case study in that. She uh, was not endorsed by Trump. She won her election in South Carolina. James says, by the way, President Biden is over in Israel because it's easier for his family to do business with the enemies in person. Good work, James. <laughs> we will give you some points. So Pretty astute. That's pretty good, man. 874-9390-874-9390. Congressman Mark Alford, 635. Got to give some of his insight. A couple of interesting things. So um, um, Mr. Jordan getting even fewer votes than any of the other folks that have been put forward. So, and again, I will go back to, uh, I, I wonder, I don't know so much about this with the House Speaker race, but I'm guessing like Iran, China, Russia, They've got to be paying attention and going. So besides what Joe has done to that country, look at what the Republicans are doing in the House. One of their their conservative party apparently cannot come together on this. I don't know if they're paying attention to that. Guess they would be. One of the Fox News guys came up with a good good uh, descriptor for it. He called them dysfunctional. Yeah, I'm anxious to hear the word that uh, Mr. Olford is going to use. So here's who else got votes yesterday. Uh, the candidate besides Mr. Jim Jordan uh, that got the most votes, Steve Scalise. He, he, was, he was up there last week. said, no, the candidate. Uh, the re- I should say this. I should be more factual here. The Republican that got the second amount of votes, second number highest amount of votes behind Jim Jordan was Steve Scalise. Third one, McCarthy. The candidate that got the second most overall votes for House Speaker. Hakeem Jeffries. Yep. So if you get people like a Matt Gates who has voted with Democrats before, if you get a Nancy Mace who has voted with Democrats before, it is not completely out of the realm of possibility. How come nobody's put up Marjorie Taylor Greene? Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. I think, why don't they put up uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Speaker of the House? See how many votes. Why not? By the way, then three different Toms snagging some votes yesterday, too. Uh, 
Tom Cole, Tom Emmer, and Tom Massey. I don't know. I'm just looking for something different here. By the way, something that hasn't happened in a long time is happening this morning. It's happening as we speak here at 620. The whole crew back in the studio. It feels like it's been forever. <laughs> uh, and you know why it feels that way? How do you think the, the listeners feel? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Coming up five minutes now. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. I overstate how angry some Republican members are with Jordan supporters. Not Jordan, his supporters. From a rep, Trey Gowdy, Republican South Carolina on Fox yesterday, talking about the mess on the House floor yesterday. And that's getting us into today's daily D.C. rundown with Stephanie Bell. They will be back in late this morning um, to see if anything's changed. Of course, yesterday there were 200 votes for Jordan, um, and they need 212. Was that right? The vote was 200 for Jordan, 212 for House Minority uh, Hakeem Jeffries. They're still short. Of course, there were still votes, as you pointed out, Brandon, for Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy, people who should really not be on that list. Um, so absolute chaos. Whether or not anything will change, I haven't heard anything has changed overnight. Um, a lot of meetings, people are leaking, you're hearing rumors. Um, the only other kind of bizarre thing that people have started to say, because it's just absolute chaos, is apparently Patrick McHenry is leading right now, and people have said, no, he can only do the speaker's vote. I guess by a vote, um, they can actually increase his power so he can do some stuff. Now, what he can actually do, I haven't really heard, but there are talks now of, like, maybe we should just give this guy some more powers and, and you know forgo the vote for a bit. And this is interesting because I've asked folks that are happy that McCarthy is gone, folks that want Jordan, people that want Scalise, and nothing's happening, and folks say, well, you know, this this can be really uncomfortable. Compromise is also uncomfortable, apparently, for some people. That's also uncomfortable. But I ask people in the political realm here in mid-Missouri, and just, you know, folks on the street, friends at happy hour, something like, so who is the perfect candidate? Yeah. <sighs> Not one answer from politicians or folks on the street. If you have somebody who you think would be a per- and I don't know, perfect candidate as far as ideology or perfect candidate who would win a vote, because right now, Hakeem Jeffries is closer than anybody else, man. Text us, 874-9390. Well, in Yahoo News and YouGov, they weren't out there asking who's the perfect candidate. They said, who do you blame, American people? Who do you all blame for this chaos? And it's coming out, the survey found that 66% now blame conservative Republicans. Um, they deserve at least some blame for the current gridlock in Washington. And as we come closer and closer to 2024, it's not looking pretty. Of course, also, this is in the backdrop of, you know, how many more days do we have left on this continuing resolution and another budget shutdown without a leader? Um, it's going to be, it's, it's just, it's messy. Mark Alford, John, he's going to be here 635. Put his name in the ring. Right. Uh, maybe there's something there. We'll chat Let's with him go. five minutes from now. I like that plan. All right. So Biden and Blinken um, are both in Tel Aviv. Uh, they arrived, I think, um, early this morning. Uh, they are not the only thing that are arriving in Israel. We are uh, sending more ships. Of course, I think we knew that one was already there. Another uh, one is headed that way. Also, three marine warships are moving into the region. And then there is um, uh, five shipments of U.S. weapons and equipment had arrived in Israel. Um, so a lot of support headed uh, that way uh, today and in the coming days. Um, also, we are getting um, and so, you know, we know we've got the conflict in Ukraine and Russia. We've got what's going on uh, in, in Israel right now. And then um, there's recent polling that's coming out about Afghanistan. I feel like we're just talking about international conflict so much. And the polling about Afghanistan is not good for Biden. Um, so this comes on the heels of two years of pulling out of Afghanistan. 
65%, it's something we can agree on, 65% of Democrats and 63% of Republicans agree that the war in Afghanistan was not worth fighting. Uh, and what's interesting, so and that was the war in Afghanistan following the events of 9-11. A lot of folks, you know, we were all rah, 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 and everybody rallying behind George W. Bush at the time, uniting as Americans. And there were a lot of questions, should we have even, there were some folks that questioned, should we even go there back then, over 20 years ago? In hindsight, it's easy to say, yeah, it wasn't worth it. Well, and certainly that's the backdrop for people now saying, should we get into the Russia-Ukraine fight? And now as we look at Israel, I think that that sentiment. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Couples counseling for people who want to kill each other. Having a marriage and family counselor for this level of division and these fissures, I cannot overstate how angry some Republican members are with Jordan supporters. Not Jordan, his supporters. Former Congressman, Republican Trey Gowdy, South Carolina, saying this is a mess, saying they have marriage counselors and it's the people that are angry. They're not angry at Jordan, they're angry at Jordan supporters. One of our local congressmen, Mark Alford, joining us. Is Mr. Gowdy, is he being facetious when he's talking about bringing in marriage counselors because it doesn't well, seem that far <laughs> out of the realm of possibility, sir. Uh, I suggested this several months ago to Steve Scalise. I said, look, this place is jacked up. Uh, there's a lot uh, a lack of trust and communication in our conference, and we need to bring in marriage counselors. I've been married 34 years, and uh, I've had a, a few counseling sessions in my time, and unless you can learn to reflect, listen, reflect, and then respond, you're not going to get anywhere. And uh, that is missing our conference. I don't know if they have actually brought those in. Uh, they could certainly be used. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, is working overtime, probably didn't get much sleep last night trying to talk 20 people into voting for him today. All right, Congressman Mark Hall for joining us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rathard, Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, producer Hannah, who has a new last name this morning that we are going to be covering later in the show. She had a kind of a, a, a substantial event over the past weekend. Um, Brian Houseworth is joining us on the show, too. So, what ha- like, what's happening behind the scenes? So, we know he's not getting the vote. Scalise got seven votes yesterday. McCarthy getting six votes. What the hell's happening on the floor, Congressman? Tom Cole got one vote. Tom Massey got one vote. Uh, Eric Burles and I were thinking about voting for each other just for the heck of it. Uh, we did not do that. <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be pretty cool to be nominated, but uh, no, in all seriousness, because this is a serious subject, we look like idiots out there, mm-hmm. and we've got to get our act together. Um, I think most people realize that, but there are some... Brandon, here's what I'm learning. I, you know, I was naive. I'm not a politician. I guess I am now, but I came to this thinking we're going to come up here. We're going to get our work done. Uh, we're going to pass the appropriation bills. We're going to pass the National Defense Authorization Act. We're going to pass the farm bill and everything had a schedule and we'd keep to it. Well, that has not happened. And our conference has some underlying issues that I'm finding out. This person doesn't like that person. That person doesn't like this person. Um, and, and together they don't like this other person. This stuff goes way back years ago, uh, before, well before I got here. And I'm just now, this is the kind of the scales are being lifted off my eyes. And I'm thinking, what in the heck is going on here? And I think that's why you see, uh, this push for just something new like Jim Jordan to come in and shake things up. 
Congressman, we appreciate you joining us live. And if you're, you're, of course, talking about the Republican conference. You also, on the other side, have, have the Democratic conference, and they, they've, uh, uh, they've nominated Hakeem Jeffries. Your colleague in the Missouri congressional delegation, Corey Bush, tweeted this two days ago. I'm just going to read this to you in its entirety. Pretty short, but it's, it's, Can't wait. it's what she said. Quote, Jim Jordan, the GOP's latest speaker nominee, quote, helped spread the poisonous lies that led to January 6th, voted to overturn the election results, defied a subpoena related to his involvement in the insurrection. Make no mistake, the GOP is a is the party of insurrection. End of quote. Her tweet. Congressman, your response to that? Uh, my daddy told me if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. So I'm going to skip the personal attacks on Corey Bush. I actually went across the floor today. She was yesterday. She's in a wheelchair. She had surgery, and I went over to see how she was doing. Uh, I do not agree with her politics, but she's still a human being, and uh, I, I do try to bring some unity, whatever that might be, to our our Missouri delegation. But listen, Jim Jordan should have had a spot on the January sixth commission. Nancy Pelosi denied him that spot. They handpicked who they wanted that was not going to ask the tough questions and get to the truth. And because of that, we never got to the truth of what happened January 6th. Jim Jordan has said time and time again, and I agree with him. I said this on the campaign trail, and I stand by it today. Four states circumvented the Constitution of the United States and their own state's Constitution because of the COVID crisis and change the election laws very close to the election day. Uh, and the state executive branch ended up deciding how the election was to be carried out. And it, that, that lies with the state legislative branches. And so by circumventing that, I know the Supreme Court did not rule uh, that way. I, don't, I think they didn't want to touch it. It was just a, such a hot topic. Uh, they didn't want to deal with it properly. But it, it is what it is. And Jim Jordan stands by it. I stand by it. And I'm sorry if Cory Bush didn't like the truth. Missouri's 4th District Congressman Mark Alford on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Con- Congressman, talk to us about how concerned you are with the way one we're playing out on the world stage and the enhanced state of readiness the American military is at now. Well, let's talk about the, the military right now. You know, we have got to, to back Israel uh, I was glad to see the president of the United States over there. I watched his his uh, 90 seconds of utterances from a sitting down position with Benjamin Netanyahu just a while ago. Basically said nothing and took no questions. I think even though the president's over there, it is a risk to his safety. I do not think he should be over in a war zone when we don't have a speaker of the House second in line. Uh, God forbid should something happen. Uh, but I... Him being over there and, and and just the way he is now I, is showing further weakness on the world stage. President Biden has shown weakness even before he got into the office. Uh, the way that he he attacked our uh, fossil fuel industries and really put the targets on the backs of the American farmers when when it comes to food, fuel, and fertilizer. Uh, the way he showed weakness in Afghanistan, pulling out of Afghanistan the way he did. Uh, and leaving 13 service members there to die on the wall. Uh, the way he's shown weakness uh, with Russia and allowing uh, Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine, and the way he's showing weakness with Xi Jinping. We are sitting on a powder keg in the world right now, and we have a president who is failing, flailing, feckless, and uh, very low energy, uh, to borrow a term from 
President Trump, former President Trump. Uh, and so that makes because we're weak from the executive branch, we need to have the, the most strength we can from the legislative branch and the U.S. House of Representatives. And I am worried that if this keeps dragging on our weakness without a, a, a rudder on our ship is going to be, I think, detrimental. Now, because of the speaker's race, there's been recent movement. And I think a resolution was even introduced to potentially give McHenry additional powers. My understanding is the additional powers would allow um, votes on things like budgetary items, appropriations to move forward, uh, given that we have that CR deadline coming up. Is that a resolution? I mean, what's the talk around that resolution? And is that something you could support or that you think there's a lot of support for? We have talked about that in conference many times. Patrick McHenry does not want that. This position of Speaker Pro Tem was created after 9-11 for extraordinary circumstances. Uh, he is fulfilling that role, basically just facilitating up at the chair, uh, gaveling in, gaveling out, uh, much like uh, we do when we fill in up there for the Speaker as Speaker Pro Tem. But I, I think it would be a mistake to try to expand the powers for this position constitutionally. Uh, let's just elect a speaker. Let's get on with it. Uh, there was even talk of getting Kevin McCarthy back until January 1. And you may see some movement on that today. You know, we had, what, five or six people vote for Kevin McCarthy yesterday on the House floor. The solution, I think, is to get Jim Jordan in that chair today. And let's get on with the business of doing business in America and getting these appropriation bills passed, supporting Israel and securing the border. All right, McCarthy getting six votes yesterday, Scalise getting seven, and then the uh, the, the second biggest vote getter, Hakeem Jeffries. Annie, is there a way, and how much time do you have here? I know you're busy this morning. How much time do you have? I'm fine. I'm just getting dressed, actually, in my apartment. So Look at that multitasking. Chatting with Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm trying my tie right now. All right. TV, guys. What time? So it's 745 <laughs> your time. What's your drop-dead time here, Congressman? I'm wondering how long we might be. Um, I know typically we do I will be... You, I'll go as long as you want. I'm heading to a Bible study at 8 o'clock, and okay. then uh, we're meeting with Jerome Powell at uh, 10 o'clock. So right. I've, I've got a little time. Okay, thank you. Because I still have some things I want to, and I want to ask you about the marriage counseling thing. I appreciate you saying something on a personal level like that. Who, talk of anybody else out there. So you've got Scalise, you got Jordan, you got McCarthy. Um, is there anybody else that, that anybody is talking about in the hallways there in D.C. this morning? Yeah, and I don't, by putting names forward, I'm okay. by no means saying that we should move off Jim Jordan. I want to make that crystal mm -hmm. clear. But there, there are names that have come up. Jody Arrington, who's the budget chair, who, who came up with a great budget, reverse the curve that's going to get us back on track and balance the budget within 10 years, reduce the spending that we need to do, but properly uh, fund our, our military. Um, Kevin Hearn, who's the chair of the Republican Study Committee, a great guy. I think he can unify uh, he used to own a, a whole lot of McDonald's uh, in the Oklahoma area, uh, state of Oklahoma. Uh, and he's come up here, been up here, what, I think four or five terms now. And uh, I think he's some uh, one person in particular that has the business acumen and sees things from a different perspective that's not a political perspective. I think that's what we need up here. I came up here. You know, coming out of the media, I see things differently. Mm -hmm. And people who've been up here for 10 or 20 years, they are stuck in this quagmire 
of a thought process and the way things are, are being done. And we need to change that. We need to change the way that things are done in Washington. All right. If I can, I want to, we want to put you on hold for about. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Session, the Dow higher by 13 points, the S&P flat, the NASDAQ down 34 points. Saturday, we'll look at your futures coming up 825 this morning, right before the stock market opens. We'll do that in the morning. Bell Business News, little twist here on the show. Congressman Mark Olfer joining us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. A couple more quick questions as we talk about the House Speaker. Still nothing coming out yesterday. Maybe some more things today. Quickly, do you think this has a long-term impact or at least an impact to 2024 election for Republicans in the House? I certainly hope not. But one of the challenges that Jim Jordan really has is trying to not just unite our conference, but to get the people back who were elected this year who gave us the majority. And Kevin McCarthy is very instrumental in doing that, as well as Jason Smith, uh, our, our fellow delegate from uh, Missouri, who traveled just about all 50 states, raising money, doing speeches, supporting these candidates. There were 18 of uh, our brothers and sisters who came here who actually won in Biden districts. Uh, some of them, you know, D plus 10, D, D11. Uh, districts that Biden actually won the presidential vote, but they ended up winning the, as a Republican in those districts. And so I think that's part of the problems that, that we're seeing now. I, I should say a challenge in in making sure that the speaker uh, can also satisfy the needs of those particular districts and those voters. Yeah. You know, you can't be all things to all people or you're going to be nothing to everyone. And, and a speaker's job goes much more than just getting up there and banging a gavel. It's raising money. It's trying to make sure that we at least maintain our majority, if not grow it. And it's trying to, to make sure that people can go home and, and tell good stories about what they've done in Congress, legislation that they passed, giving everyone a win. And that is difficult to do when you have, look, we're all A-type personalities up here. We wouldn't be up here. Uh, everyone has an ego. A lot of the egos up here are pretty inflated. Uh, but uh, everyone wants to be a winner. I don't care what you're doing in life. You want to win. And so part of the speaker's job is to make sure that everyone gets a win. That's hard to do. Congressman Mark Olfer joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Congressman, you're a, you're a party to some of the, uh, the information from the intelligence services and the Department of Defense and all I guess the question to you, without revealing anything from an OPSEC standpoint, how concerned are you about the threats made by the terror groups and the Iranians to bring it to American soil? Briefing uh, on Israel and Gaza uh, as being a member of the Armed Services Committee. And, of course, I would never reveal anything that came out of that. But I will tell you, our in one of our conference meetings, the Sergeant of Arms uh, uh, did let us know, um, I think it was last week when these threats were made, uh, that no, none of the threats were credible. Uh, and so I take a little bit of assurance in that. Things are starting to change rapidly, though. And uh, I'm just telling everyone, be aware of your surroundings. Have situational awareness. And, and that goes for really any time of, uh, that we're living in. Don't be living in a bubble. Get your head out of your phone. Uh, watch who's around you. And, and just be aware of your surroundings. 
uh, interesting. Get your head out of your phone because if you're watching on our YouTube channel, you'll see that uh, probably 66% of the show right now, uh, <laughs> present company included, has our heads in the in our phones right now as we're trying to keep track of President Biden is in Israel right now. As a matter of fact, Raven Harrison's here at 7. I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, and we've got about one minute here, Congressman. I appreciate the fact we were talking about marriage counseling on the House floor. This is something that former Rep. Trey Gowdy brought up. Like, seriously, we need marriage counselors to help these people get along. And you mentioned over the years, you and your wife, Leslie, been married for a long time. Marriage counseling, I bring this up twice. I'd been in marriage counseling. I was in two very short marriages. Didn't help those marriages. And that was okay. Worked out the way it was supposed to. But I have found... The things I learned in marriage counseling I use today. One quick benefit you have found in in counseling. Well, look, Leslie and I uh, met in the TV business, a very stressful business. The divorce rate for people in television is very high and in the media very high. But we both had an understanding. We had a love of God and we knew that we did not want to give up. Um, I think Satan puts a lot of shame uh, onto people when they want to seek counseling. But I advise people to do that. Even if you have a great marriage and you think, hey, we've got it made, we've been married 30, 40 years, there may be something that you can improve upon. I had a, a Suburban that I drove for 435,000 miles. I had to change the oil in that sucker. I had to, once I changed the transmission in it, I had to put new tires on it ever so often. It had to be maintained. Our relationships need to be maintained. Our mental health needs to be maintained. Our marriages need to be ma- maintained. Invest in that. Leslie and I have this. We're at the strongest part in our marriage that we have ever had. It's like, you know, our kids are gone. We've got uh, got a new um, job up here in Washington. Uh, she's excited when I get home on Friday. And um, we're like kids again. But I don't think we would appreciate each other as much had we not had the guidance of professionals.